for turning on the Bar Review Podcast. My name is Jake, and this is a show where I get drunk and I tell you about the law. Today I'm drinking a Old Hickory Brewery Amber Lager for the third episode. I liked beer. I still like beer. Sometimes I drink too many beers and record podcasts, but who amongst us hasn't done that? Now the topic today is as foundational to the law as beer is to late-onset alcoholism. Article 3, standing. You'll find this under constitutional law, but that doesn't really exist. It applies to any case that you bring in a court of law. So where do we find it? The rule you find in Article 3, Section 2 of the fucking Constitution. I don't know what you're saying. I don't want to read that big fucking thing of gibberish, and it's fine. I take out the important parts, and I spoon-feed you. So what it says is that the judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under the Constitution, the laws of the U.S., yada, 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 and to controversies between yada, yada, yada. Look, if you wanted to learn the exact shit, you'd read the fucking Constitution, but here you are. So all you need to know for the purposes of this fucking podcast is that the judicial power extends to cases and controversies. Those are the buzzwords that you're looking for today. Cases and controversies. And so it boils down to three big factors. You need an injury in fact, traceability, and redressability. But what the fuck does that mean? It means that because the Constitution is surprisingly important, you gotta make sure that whatever piece of shit case that you bring into a court, it falls under a case or controversy. You can't bring fucking tea time into a federal court and expect Justice Ginsburg to come have tea with you. Cause she doesn't drink tea. She drinks straight bourbon. Everybody fucking knows that RBG goes hard. So let's go through the factors. What do we mean? You have an injury. It needs to be a concrete injury, individualized, an actual or imminent threat of harm. It needs to be real, guys. None of that, oh, the injury would happen if such and such thing were to happen. You gotta be bleeding on the fucking street. None of that predictive injury shit. This ain't minority report. And the second is traceability. Your injury needs to be traced back to some action by the defendant. You can't be throwing facts in here that just speculate that maybe the defendant fucked up. You gotta have a casual link between the two of you. And the last one is redressability. Now, this is the court's ability to give you kind of some kind of happy ending. Not the kind you get in a Chinatown uh, massage parlor. So don't expect Justice Alito to be giving you some redress underneath a sheet. The court needs to know that a judgment in your favor is actually going to benefit you because their time's really important. Remember, RBG has bourbon to drink. So when they come down with a judgment and nothing changes, they're going to be fucking pissed. So the big three things with standing is an injury in fact, traceability, and redressability. If you don't have one of those three, you already fucked up. So you made it past the first three. You've made it to the legends of the hidden temple, the exceptions, but they're not really exceptions. So we have mootness, because your dumb fucking case is moot when the injury that gave rise to the case ceases to exist. And so the one exception to that being that if there are wrongs that are capable of repetition to the same plaintiff but would evade review because of the timing, they'll still take the case and it wouldn't be deemed moot. The second exception that's not really an exception is called ripeness. And so the court finds that matters are a little premature for judicial review to occur. And look, it's okay. It happens to every guy once in a while. It's nothing to be ashamed of. 
And so the last thing you gotta worry about is third party standing. So generally you can't sue on behalf of a third party and assert their rights, but like with everything else in the law, there's some circumstances when you're like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And so you need one, a substantial relationship between the person whose rights are being asserted and yourself. Then there needs to be a genuine obstacle to that third party asserting his or her rights. And the last one is that there's a risk that the rights of the third party will be diluted unless that you can bring the case up for them. And the case that kind of brings that about is Craig v. Boren, where a bar owner asserted the rights of 18 to 21 year old men who couldn't drink good beer, but the women of that same age range, they could. And so the right to treat the genders equally would be diluted unless the bar owner could actually bring the case. And the holding to that case is super important is that you cannot deny a young Brett Kavanaugh beer or you're fucking going to court. And so now let's hit the examples. We have Charlie Brown who comes to your law office and tells you that he's gonna sue that bitch Sally for battery. He has some casts from broken bones and he tells you what happened. The peanut gang were all hanging out in the club and Sally tells Charlie, come kick this football. Charlie's a stand-up kind of guy, the anti-Kavanaugh if you will. Well, he decides to go for it. He runs at the ball, he's so close, but at the last minute, that bitch pulls the football away, Charlie Brown, he falls and he breaks some bones. So can Charlie sue a bitch for battery? Well, let's throw him through all the standing shit that we just learned. Is there an injury in fact? You betcha, he's in a fucking cast. You got traceability? Well, you're goddamn right there's traceability. That bitch Sally pulled the ball out and purposefully and knowingly harmed Charlie Brown at that bitch ass move. And is there redressability? Can the court provide him a happy ending that doesn't end with Alito under the sheet? Well, whoever said money can't buy happiness clearly doesn't have student loan debt. This case is ripe because the injury just happened and this case is not moot because his shit's still broken and he has bills to pay. Charlie Brown has standing. So the second example, you got Severus Snape, he goes to Hogwarts, but he's been sorted into House Slytherin, and he wants to sue the school for discrimination because he wants to be in Gryffindor, and that thrift fucking store hat put him with the bad people house. Now, why would a school have a bad people house? I don't know, take it up with J.K. Rowling. As the case works its way through the wizard courts through the years, Snape grows up and he eventually graduates with high honors and sassy looks and being a twat. So what's the problem with his case? First, probably an issue with injury. I mean, he got into the school, he got into a house. Is it really an injury to be in Slytherin? I mean, you might be a dick, but maybe it's not an injury. Second, this case is officially moot now that he's graduated. The court's got nothing to redress. He's through school now. What's the court gonna fucking do? Put his 18-year-old ass back with a bunch of 11-year-olds? Fuck that. So now that you guys are the masters of Article 3 standing, you wanna know how to study it. Just try and keep in mind the five things that you really gotta think about. It's the injury, the traceability, the redressability, the ripeness, and the mootness. It's a lot, but keep it mechanical and in the back of your head with every case you bring into the Supreme Court, and you're not gonna piss RBG off. You'll be just fine. So thanks for joining me today on the third episode of the Bar Review Podcast. I've been drinking an Old Hickory Brewery Amber Lager beer. I am Jake, and I still like beer, and that shit was the law.